Linebackers have consistently been the strength of the Texas Tech de- defense, dating back almost a decade. But heading into 2022, things seem a little bit different. There are questions about who will step up and fill the roles of Colin School and Rico Jeffers, and just how will Texas Tech be able to manage with what seems like a pretty thin position group. I'll take a look at who I think will be the leading linebackers for Texas Tech heading into 2022 and more on today's episode of Locked On Texas Tech. Our Locked On Texas Tech, your daily podcast on the Texas Tech Red Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome on to Locked On Texas Tech, everyone. I'm your host, Emery Olida, back again on this Wednesday talking about position previews. First off, thank you for making Locked On Texas Tech your first listen every day. If you have not checked out yesterday's episode talking about the forwards on the basketball team and what I think their 2022 outlook will be, do check that out. I'm going to continue posting some basketball stuff over the next month or two. But we're back every single day. We're back talking about position previews. Last week, you covered the defensive line. It's not available on YouTube due to some audio issues. Hopefully, today's episode goes a little bit smoother. We're dealing with some restream issues throughout the network. So my apologies for that. Continues, I will be looking for an alternative in the meantime. But that's that. If you want to find any of the other position previews, go out and check them on the YouTube. Subscribe to the YouTube while you're at it. And if you want to listen to them, they're also available wherever you get your podcast. But today, we're talking linebackers. And linebacking, as I mentioned in the original open, is probably the biggest strength of Texas Tech dating back to really the early 2010s. I mean, you look at you had guys like Pete Robertson, kind of as edge rushers that were outside linebackers. And then you came into 2015, you had Dakota Allen come into the program. You had Devontae Hinton, who was a good outside linebacker for Tech. You brought in Jordan Brooks in 2016. Obviously, he became a first-round pick for the Seattle Seahawks. You've had guys like Rico Jeffers, Colin Schooler. Even in in recent years, guys like Jacob Morgerson, all of them have had strong seasons for Texas Tech. So the linebacking group has consistently been a strength of this team. I mean, you've seen really – all of the NFL talent on the defensive end, for the most part, the biggest guys have been the, the linebackers over the last few years. You've had Dakota Allen and you've had Jordan Brooks. That's one part of it. We've seen conference player of the week with Dakota Allen and Jordan Brooks. We've seen mega tackle numbers from both of those guys. So there's really a lot of reason to be optimistic of what those guys were able to bring to the table. And you look at what a guy like Rico Jeffers did throughout, throughout his college career at Texas Tech, and it was spectacular I mean, even a guy down the line, someone like Evan Rambo had a good impact back in 2019. Xavier Benson, before he kind of had the medical issues or the personal issues, kind of had a really big impact as well. Like these are all guys that have had impacts over the years. But this is really the first season that we've came into in a while where there really isn't the established veterans of this group that come in with massive pedigree in the depth as well is not quite what it's been in years past and to understand why that's the case we have to look really back to 2021 where you had colin schooler who led the team in tackles with a massive asset for the red raiders he ended up with 87 tackles last season and a really good pass rusher as well 
Also had a couple interceptions. He was good in pass coverage. Really everything you can ask for in a linebacker, Colin Schooler provided. You also had a guy like Cozy Eldridge as well, who was a good pass rusher, and as well as that was able to have decent coverage skills as well. And then also you brought you had guys like Brandon Boyer-Randall, and then I mentioned Rico Jeffers. Those guys had solid seasons. Krishan Merriweather, who does come back. He had a good season as well. So you had all of that depth at linebacker led by Colin Schooler. And really, I mean, this was as deep of a linebacking group really in the entire conference. And it was built through the transfer portal for the most part outside of Jeffers. You had all the reason in the world to think that those guys were going to produce. And for the most part, the run defense was really good as a result. And this season, there simply is not that much. You lose Jeffers to graduation. You lose Schooler to graduation. You lose Morgan Stern, you lose Cozy Eldridge, you also lose, um, let's see, you also lose Brandon Boyer Randall. All of those guys being gone is a massive blow to this team because you just don't simply have the depth that you've had the last few years. You don't have the star linebacker coming in and call and score. I'll get to Dimitri Moore, who I think is a good, a good run stopper, but I think that he's not quite as Established as what we saw score had coming into 2020 from Arizona. You don't have the established veteran Rico Jeffers, even though Keystrom Merriweather does have some pretty high level experience. And you don't have the depth of simply having five or six guys on the roster that have played 700, 800 college snaps in their career. So there's a lot to look at in terms of replacement. And last season, I felt like Texas Tech's linebacking group and their run defense as a whole was a strength of them. You only really, you only really had two games over the course of the season where you got absolutely gashed on the run game. And granted, those two games were really, really bad against Texas and TCU, but still the run defense for the most part did its job over the course of the season. And so you're going to have to fill the holes at the linebacker position. And as I look into 2022, the run defense with a 3-3-5 defense with what we've seen Tim Droyer wants to do on the defensive side of things, it's going to be critical that you have linebackers that not only are able to run, but can also be, or not only are they going to be able to stop the run, but they've also got to be able to rush the passer efficiently. And they're going to be tasked with some cover skills, even though the scheme sort of lend itself to a little bit more back-end coverage and the depth the tech has in the defensive backfield, which I will cover next week leads you to be optimistic about that. There's still going to be a lot of responsibility on the linebackers. And when I look at this unit, there's a little bit of reason to be skeptical because all of them have a particular trait in common in terms of at least the guys that are starting seem to have one thing that they are really good at and then one thing that they really struggle at. I'll take a look at that coming up next on our next segment. But first, I've got a message from our friends at Bet Online. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. Find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, and combat sports, esports, and even golf in addition to your favorite college football and college basketball games. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering information. From live in-game betting, scores, and podcasts, they have you covered with whatever you want. Head to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today. Bet Online, where the game starts. Talking about Texas Tech's linebackers now, 
already spent a few minutes talking about last season where you had guys like Rico Jeffers and Colin Schooler in the fray. And really, those guys, for the most part, had a lot of versatility. Schooler, in particular, was good in pass coverage. He was a good pass rusher. He could be utilized in blitz packages. His run defense was spectacular. We've been through that. We've covered that on the podcast. We actually had Colin Schooler on for an episode all the way back in January. If you have not checked that out and you're new to the pod, I do suggest checking that one out. That is one of my favorite episodes I've ever had the privilege of recording. So Schooler was a really good interview. But really, as you look to 2022, one of the things is the linebacking group is a weakness when it comes to what you know in terms of established established production in their college career. And so you have to start out with Krishan Merriweather, who has played at Texas Tech for two years now in 2020 and 2021. In 2020, he had a pretty severe, he had a pretty significant role for the defense in 10 games. I mean, you look at his overall stats and the amount of snaps he played. He played over the course of his nine games, actually, that he played. He played over 540 snaps. Compare that to last season where he played all 13 games, but only ended up with about 557, which really means he only played about 15 more snaps over the course of a season despite playing in four more games. So his role was more limited last season. And the problem with Merriweather, and Merriweather has been really good. If you look back to his very first game at Texas Tech against Houston Baptist, it was elite, and that was really something that set the tone for the start of the season, he had 12 tackles. He also had 12 tackles against Kansas in the last in the final game of the season back then as well and had a sack and a half as well. The issue with Merriweather has always been his pass coverage. He simply does not have the athleticism and versatility to be able to effectively cover slot receivers, faster tight ends, and running backs. And that is a bit of a weakness when it comes to linebackers. And so that's an area that hopefully can improve on this season. He's very much a sturdy linebacker. If you look at his physique, he's really not overly tall, only six feet tall, 240 pounds of muscle, really, really well built. But that's not something that I think particularly helps him in the pass coverage game. And it was a weakness on film the last two years. And looking at what the 2021 season looked like, that was part of why I think he did not get as many snaps and one really damning stat for him is that if you look over the course of the two seasons according to pff's tracking data which granted i will say is a little bit flawed but it says that he is not allowed or he's yet to force a incompletion over his two seasons opposing receivers are 18 for 18 in catching balls with him as the primary defender and if you look at what he's been able to do in terms of yards per attempt last season, he allowed 159 total yards, two touchdowns. Really, if I remember correctly, the Oklahoma game was a game he struggled in defensively on that one. And he also just in general had really rough time when it came to falling guys out of the backfield. Cause that was ultimately one of his biggest um, assignments over the course of the season. And if you look back to it, he really just struggled throughout the season against FIU a lot of long touchdown where he got switched on a receiver but then throughout the whole season basically whenever teams were able to get that mismatch which they seemingly were hunting Merriweather was someone that had issues and he's a really good run stopper really good tackler I have no doubts he's going to be efficient but that's a weakness that you can usually hide but the problem is Dimitri Moore from Vanderbilt, a transfer actually coming in from Missouri State, but he played his first three years of college at Vanderbilt. That's where he got his name recognized. And he's, again, 
another really, really good run-stopping linebacker. Like, if you look at his stats over the seasons, they are spectacular. 99 total tackles in 2019. He was really, really well-known for his run-stopping ability at the linebacker position. And so there's a lot of reason to be optimistic about Moore. Again, another guy that's built really well, six foot three, two thirty-five, a lot of muscle in his frame. And obviously he comes in with the pedigree, ended up being all SEC freshman team, ended up being honorable mention SEC a couple years in a row, preseason SEC team. Like he has the pedigree. But if you look at what his film looks like and what his stats have said, he's really struggled when it comes to pass coverage over the seasons. I mean, 2018 and 2019 is prime at Vanderbilt. He struggled massively, allowing almost 12 yards a catch or 12 yards per reception twice. His overall passer rating that he allowed and his, his stops were not all that impressive. Like, I mean, he's a, he'd allowed opposing quarterbacks to complete over 76% of, his pass, of their passes against him in his college career. So, Again, Moore's a spectacular tackler. I think he's probably got more versatility and more quickness and instincts there than a Merriweather. Merriweather's more of a downhill linebacker. Moore can move more side to side. But still, it's not ideal to have your two best or at least most experienced linebackers both really having similar strengths and weaknesses. I think, again, Merriweather's more of a downhill linebacker. Moore can sniff things out in the stretch and horizontal game. But at the end of the day, they're very similar in the sense that they struggle on the pass coverage side of things. And so really outside of that, you start getting into a situation where you're looking at the rest of the team and trying to find guys at the linebacker position that can be better at pass coverage. And you're going to have, as in the secondary, they're going to help you out with that. You've got Reggie Pearson, you've got Muddy Waters, you've got Dejaron Taylor Dimerson. All of those guys are probably going to get significant snaps, either playing kind of down towards the front seven or at a roaming safety position. So that's going to help out some, again, in the three, three, five, you're going to have five DBs on the field pretty much at all times. So that's going to help you out. But the problem is that you still need these linebackers to be competent in the passing game and pass coverage, or else they're just going to simply get exploited. You can run zone all you want, but at the end of the day, you have to run some man to mix things up. And I just think that that is critical. And if you look at the rest of text linebackers, there's really, a lot of unproven guys. I mean, going back to the 2021 season, you have you bring actually bring at, back a guy in Josiah Pierre who did get significant snaps over the course of the season, played kind of a rotational role at linebacker, and he was competent as a pass defender. But really, I'm not sure if he's ready for a full-scale role. The things we've heard is that he could be in line to have a potential starting position. But again, having Pierre as your only real good pass defender at the linebacking position, it's not ideal. And so there's questions there. Beyond that, you're looking at Tyreek Matthews, who I think will have an Im- improved role this year. He's someone that's been kind of a special teams ace the last few years for Texas Tech. But again, I'm not sure if he really brings a lot to the table from a pass coverage perspective. Again, kind of similarly built to Kershaw Merriweather, maybe a little bit, a little bit more agile, a little bit less pure strength. And that's something like – Matthews is well-built. I feel confident in his ability to at least play good special teams and be a rotational linebacker, but I just have my doubts about him being a starter. And then going beyond that, you've got guys like Bryce Robinson who have kind of made their made a name for themselves in the past for potential being above-average pass rushers at the linebacker position. You've got a guy like Patrick Curley. You played a little bit last year. Then you have other guys. Derek Lewis got a little bit of burn last year as well. 
You have Ty Cannon, who's a freshman from Katy. He's another guy that I think might get a little bit of freshman time if he doesn't burn a red shirt. And then you're really just looking at guys that I have a hard time envisioning being in the rotation. I mean, another guy that's intriguing is Jacob Rodriguez, a transfer from Virginia. He ended up switching to the linebacker position after playing his freshman year at Virginia at the running back slot. But I'm just I'm struggling to see where the versatile linebackers are going to be. And I'm not saying that's going to be a, a guaranteed weakness because I do think the secondary and the safety abilities for Texas Tech are going to make up for the pass coverage week deficiencies. But it's concerning to me because the only guys I can see that are really like positive pass defenders, and that will probably end up being a guy like Jacob Rodriguez, maybe Tavares Elston is a guy that looked like his high school tape looked really good from a pass coverage standpoint. But everyone else, for the most part, seems to be more of the run-stopping instinctive linebacker. And it's just going to be tough to see those guys being able to hold up in man-to-man coverage. So a little bit less, or I guess I'm a little bit more pessimistic about that. But coming up next, I'm going to talk about how I see the linebacker rotation and who starts. And I'll give a little bit of optimism because I do think there are some things to like. But first, we have a message from some of our sponsors. Back again, talking locked on Texas Tech here, covering the linebacker position for Texas Tech football. Again, if you've not checked out the previous position previews, the quarterback preview, the running back previews, the wide receiver preview, the offensive line preview, and most recently the defensive line preview, all of those bar the line defensive line preview are available on the YouTube. If you've not subscribed, do subscribe. I do appreciate everyone who says supported. We continue to get closer to 500 subscribers. But talking about the linebacker position it's just the pass coverage is continuously something that gives me a little bit of pause but looking at how i see the actual rotation slotted in so if you look at the system tim, tim dora direct your runs it is a 335 system so that means you're gonna have three down linemen you're gonna have three guys at the linebacker position and five defensive backs at the linebacker position, I would be shocked if Dimitri Moore and Krishan Merriweather are not starting from day one. Merriweather probably on the interior as the Mike linebacker. You might see Dimitri Moore as an outside linebacker, kind of playing more of a hybrid role. But those two are almost guaranteed. A guy that I could see starting on the outside is Josiah Pierre. Again, the third most snaps on the team heading into this year. He could factor in as well. Another guy I expect to be in the rotation is Jacob Rodriguez. But really... I think that it's going to be something where early on in the season, you're trying to rotate in a number of guys, whether that be Bryce Robinson, again, Ty Canna, the freshman, I am high on him. Derek Lewis is a guy that had limited snaps last season, showing that he could be a rotational member this year as well. He's more of kind of somewhere which a balance between what you have in Dimitri Moore and Christian Merriweather. So I think that you're going to see those guys get some rotational burn, but I see Merriweather, Moore, and then one of Tyreek Matthews or um, or Josiah Pierre starting from day one. I'll go ahead and put my hat or my name into the Josiah Pierre hat, but certainly it could be any one of those guys. I think when you look at expectations for the linebacking group, really the run stopping, I'm very optimistic. I think you have two of the best run stoppers in the Big 12 in Dimitri Moore and Christian Merriweather. The numbers back it up for Moore being one of the top 10 leading tacklers in the SEC two straight years. He's someone that has 
a lot of experience on the field, almost 2,000 career snaps. He'll probably hit that in the first game of the season against Murray State. So there's a lot of reason to be optimistic about Moore. Again, someone that's racked up the tackles over his career, over 200, almost 2,000 snaps. He's someone that in the running game is going to be elite. Passing game, a little bit sketchy, but we'll see. Merriweather, again, same thing. Someone that Texas Tech has had his elite games over the years. He was the leading tackler in game one against Houston Baptist in 2020. Had a couple of strong games, such as against Kansas and Baylor in that season as well. Last season, he struggled a little bit, but certainly the run-stopping talent is there. And I am extremely confident about this unit against the run. You add in what the defensive line has done, and I really do think the expectations for Texas Tech this year should be on the defensive end. The run-stopping ability is going to be there from the linebackers. I am confident of that. Injuries might be a question mark because if you, you if you lose one of more and uh, Merriweather, then the alternative to it is suddenly you're losing you're having to start really guys that have only played a handful of college snaps, and that can be really sketchy. But I'm confident that Moore and Merriweather are going to carry the load on the defensive end. I just think that the only thing you have to worry about is the pass coverage. And who knows, maybe someone will step up. I certainly think you have a host of different options that are inexperienced that could could have strong impacts. But it's just going to be difficult to really tell exactly who will make that impact until day one. But certainly Merriweather and Moore are your leading guys. Then beyond that, you've got guys like Matthews who've, who've had situational roles in the past. And you have young guys like Tavares Elston and then Kai Cannon, even a guy like Bryce Robinson who's been at the program for three years but has kind of still hasn't gotten a lot of snaps over this course of his college career. He could factor in as well. So there's a lot of reason to be optimistic about this team. But it's just something where you're going to have to trust the process and see exactly how things play out for Texas Tech. And so... With that said, that wraps up the linebacker preview. I'm sorry if this one's a little bit more pessimistic than some of the other ones, but I do think that this is going to be one of the most sketchy position groups for Texas Tech this season. But with that said, there still is a lot of talent and a lot of reason to be optimistic. And speaking of optimism, if you want some optimism on this team, stay tuned to my Twitter account. I'm going to be posting a thread of information in the near future. You can follow that at Eraser41. You can follow the official Locked On Texas Tech Twitter account at Locked On TTU. Again, talking about the Twitter thread, I will say it will be in about a week or two, but I'm going to have quite a bit of insight both on the football and the football team as a whole, as well as the quarterback position. I've been working on a couple of deep dives on that, so stay tuned. Anyways, Twitter accounts, as I mentioned, Eraser41 on Twitter, as well as Locked On TTU. You can check out Locked On Texas Tech wherever you get your podcast, whether it be Spotify, Apple Pod, wherever we have you covered. And on YouTube, I do appreciate all the subscriptions. As I mentioned earlier in the episode, we are close to 500 subs. Really do appreciate all the support there. It means a lot to me, and we're just continuing to grow this. We're going to be on every single day of the offseason heading into the football season starting on September 3rd against Murray State. Going to have some neat in-season stuff coming up this season. Stay on the lookout for that. But in the meantime, thank you for making Locked On Texas Tech your first listen every day. If you want a second listen, listen to Locked On Big 12. My friend Josh Neighbors hosts it. He does an excellent job. You get all the information you needed to, you need to know about Locked On or about the Big 12 about college football in the Big 12, about realignment news, everything in addition to weekly roundtables with some of the Lockdown Big 12's 
best analyst, and it's on every single day. Just like Locked On Texas Tech, wherever your your podcast, we're on YouTube. Locked On Big Twelve with Josh Neighbors has you covered. Make it your second listen today. In the meantime, I will see you tomorrow. Thank <laughs> you.